0: covers you on the african-american thing correct he's totally he's totally you know uh, he's it material in a way that emil jones isn't if i may say okay on that call i was not my best self uh, i can be better i have been better and i can do better
1: the um transgender man that's exactly what typically a transgender man looks like i mean i, I want to know why people are so offended by it The mud is getting slung in Illinois
2: politics this week, and here to dig in are WBEZ's Tony Arnold and Dave McKinney. This is WBEZ's Elections 2018 Politics Podcast. I'm Becky Vivi. We're here every Friday to bring you everything you need to know leading up to the March primary. This week, Democratic gubernatorial candidate J.B. Pritzker took his first big punch. Phone calls from a decade ago between him and then-Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich resurfaced. And they're causing Pritzker some trouble. They don't sound too good, do they, Tony?
3: Right. I mean, if you just start with that recorded phone call, which was made public by the Chicago Tribune this week, um, what you're hearing in these phone calls is J.B. Pritzker really in advisor mode to Blagojevich. At that time, Blagojevich was appointing A new Illinois senator to after um, Barack Obama vacated his seat because he had just won the presidency, Um, and it's interesting this conversation is even happening at all because it was well publicized at this point in time that Bulgoyevich was under investigation.
0: I'm sure you thought of this one, but Jesse White. uh, Even though I know you guys aren't like you know bosom buddies or anything, it covers you on the African American thing. Correct. He's totally. He's totally. You know. Uh, he's senate material in a way that emil jones isn't if i may say
3: okay
2: real quick jesse white is current secretary of state but emil jones who's emil jones tony
3: uh emil jones was the senate president uh he was an ally of blagojevich at the time and also known as the political godfather to barack obama he's
0: just i don't know how to say it exactly but uh, emil's a little more crass right
2: Now, these decade-old comments, they made a lot of people really angry this week.
3: Yeah, keep in mind that Emil Jones is supporting one of Pritzker's rivals in the Democratic primary. He's supporting Chris Kennedy. Um, That said, Jones's response this week has been intense. I'm not hurt by what he said because I always knew it was there. Mm. If you're black, you got power, you stand up for your people. I know what they're going to say. That's right. Crass. Another Democrat running for governor, Daniel Biss, has said that this conversation is between two people who are unaware of what their privilege looks like.
2: Right. Now, I want to get into the implications of this. But first, Dave, you covered Blagojevich. Help us understand the political dynamics back then and how all of that relates to the 2018 Democratic primary we're in right now.
0: Well, remember the context of the times. Harry Reid, the former Senate majority leader, was calling Blagojevich and weighing in. Senator Bob Menendez from New Jersey, the head of the Senate Democrats' political operation, was doing the same thing. Everybody was trying to get into Blagojevich's ear. The thinking was that a departing black Senator Obama should be replaced by another black politician. Mm -hmm. That's why Pritzker and Blagojevich were rattling off a bunch of names of prominent black politicians, weighing the pros and cons. But the trouble today is that you have two white men, Blagojevich and Pritzker, basically grading black politicians on their political viability. And to borrow Pritzker's term, it sounds crass. It's caused all kinds of backlash, and that's what we've seen Pritzker dealing with.
2: Yeah. Now, some would say Chicago politicians, you know, they have a long history of talking about people in these sort of ethnic blocks, But still, you know, this is the sort of thing that could really tank a candidate. So, guys, what do you think? Do you think this is going to hurt Pritzker's campaign, or will he survive this?
3: Well, Pritzker's had to spend the week apologizing. Um, he's had He had a long, drawn-out press conference on Chicago's west side uh, the day after this story was published in the Tribune to say that in this conversation he was not his best self. Um, now, he's got the backing of a lot of powerful Democrats who come with a lot of support. But this is putting those supporters in the position of having to say that this is not a good look for their candidate. What they're saying is like, I know that this isn't in their heart and you're just going to, have to trust me on that. That's not a position of strength for a campaign that has spent tens of millions of dollars to have this polished image of Pritzker of, on TV that we've all seen so many times. Mm-hmm.
0: Of course, Pritzker is going to keep getting hit over these tapes. But the big question is whether there are any more of them out there. Our friend Natasha Karecki at Politico She's reported this week that there are no more tapes, and she's about as plugged into the federal law enforcement community in Chicago as anybody. If that's true, that's good news for Pritzker. But it could have lasting damage if Pritzker gets out of the primary. And the reason for that is it could sow doubts in the mind of black voters about whether he truly represents them or understands them.
2: Okay, Democrats, they're not the only ones dealing with offended constituents this week.
1: Well... Do I have everybody's attention now? Good.
2: That's Republican Jeannie Ives, the state representative, who's challenging Governor Bruce Rauner in the GOP primary. Last week, she released an ad that featured actors playing a woman who had an abortion and a transgender person. Let's listen to a little bit of it.
0: Thank you for signing legislation that lets me use the girls' bathroom.
2: Thank you for making all Illinois families pay for my abortions. Ives has defended this ad, saying it is focused on policy. Dave, tell us, what has this ad done for the Ives campaign at this point?
0: Well, as outrageous as it is in its depictions of transgender people, of union members, of women who favor abortion rights, it's carried some benefits for her. And I guess number one would be we're all talking about her. We're talking about her right now. Mm -hmm. It also fires up her conservative base of Republicans. And this week, after an appearance at the City Club, Ives said, what's the big deal?
1: I guess I'm a little bit surprised at some of the hysteria, quite frankly, because this was an issue-based policy ad. It was not an attack on any one individual. It was simply a representation of, quite frankly, what I've been saying on the stump and what I've put out in my literature.
2: So Jeannie Ives did get everyone's attention with this ad, but, Tony, did this distract from other issues where she might have had a chance to win over more mainstream Republicans?
3: It did. This this ad and the responses to it just show where the divisions lie within the Illinois Republican Party. Um, Rauner, uh, his allies, who include, you know, the chairman of the state Republican Party, Tim Schneider, they've come out against the ad. They've asked that she take it off TV. Um, But it's also been derided by groups uh, whose endorsements would actually be quite valuable to the Ives candidacy. That includes somebody like the Chicago Tribune editorial board, um, which tends to go pretty conservative. Um, They criticized Ives for this commercial, and that would be a good get for her campaign to get this endorsement.
2: That's WBEZ's Tony Arnold. Earlier we heard from Dave McKinney. What do early voting, a union engineer, and a crystal clock all have in common? They all sort of collided this week, and it's one of the reasons why early voting in Chicago is nearly two weeks behind schedule. City political reporter Claudia Morrell is going to sort
1: it all out for us. Claudia, what's the holdup here? Well, remember last week how we talked about ballot access, how if you want to run for office in Illinois, you've got to gather signatures and file a lot of paperwork and how your opponents will really go through all of that paperwork to find any inconsistencies to knock you off? Yes. Well, the Chicago election board said that there are still too many ballot challenges pending. And they don't even know whose names are supposed to be on the ballot. So they've decided not to open the polls yet. Mm. And the big wild card is the Illinois Attorney General's race. It's a statewide race, so it impacts every Democratic ballot across the state. And one Democratic candidate in that race, Scott Drury, is locked in a court fight to remain on the ballot.
2: Who is Scott Drury and what's his backstory?
1: He's a former federal prosecutor, something he likes to remind everyone any chance he gets, and he's kind of been a fringe member of the Democratic Party. Jury has been tied up in this ballot challenge uh, because an objector said he forgot to file some very important paperwork, an economic disclosure statement. And the union guy who filed that objection isn't the important part of the story. It's who he just retained as a lawyer to ensure that jury gets permanently kicked off the ballot. And That's where the plot thickens. So who is this lawyer? Who is it? The attorney is Mike Casper, and he is the election attorney to have. Mayor Rahm Emanuel hired him during his first mayoral bid, and then again in 2015. And Casper is seen as a hired gun for Democratic House Speaker Michael Madigan, uh, arguably the most important politician in Illinois. Uh, The Tribune once called Casper Madigan's paid election enforcer. So are we
2: supposed to assume Madigan might be behind this?
1: We can't say for sure, but we do know that Drury and Madigan do not get along and that he may be Mike Madigan's least favorite person in the General Assembly. He is the only Democrat who didn't vote for him as Speaker or receive one of his uh, engraved crystal clocks. Wait, wait, wait. What about this crystal clock? What's Why is this important? Well, last year, uh, Speaker Madigan gave every member of the Democratic Assembly an engraved crystal clock to mark his tenure as Speaker. And these things cost about 150 bucks, so they are nice clocks. And guess who was the only member not to get one? Scott Drury. Scott Drury. Uh,
2: we can't say for sure, though, that Mike Madigan is the guy who's trying to knock Scott Drury off the ballot, can we?
1: No, we can't say for certain, but we do know that there is some bad blood between the two. Uh, For example, last week after the election board ruled to remove Drury from the candidate list, Drury told the Tribune that Madigan once suspected him of wearing a wire, and Mike Madigan's spokesman denied the allegation. But regardless of who's behind it, the issue is still stalling early voting in many areas of the state.
2: Yep, only in Illinois. Claudia, do we have any sense of when this drama around Drury will be settled so that early voting can begin?
1: Well, Drury is appealing the board's decision to remove him from the ballot, but it's still unclear how long that will play out. He was due in court today, but with the snowstorm, that was obviously delayed.
2: That's WBEZ
1: reporter Claudia Morrell. She covers city politics.
2: Earlier, you heard from Tony Arnold and Dave McKinney, both state political reporters here at WBEZ. I'm Becky Vivi. That's all for this week. You can catch up on all the latest political news at WBEZ.org and subscribe to our Illinois Elections 2018 podcast wherever you get your podcasts.